Rod M. Bush. And today we are joined by a country singer-songwriter who is beginning to make his way. He has just released his sophomore single entitled My Kind of Paradise. And we are going to be diving behind that here today, as well as where this journey began with a faithful Kenny Chesney concert back in 2018 here with our guest, Mike Whiteside. How's it going today, Mike? Good, man. I appreciate you having me on. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm having myself a beautiful day. The sun is shining and, you know, I woke up, so can't complain otherwise. Uh, And I mean, it's always a beautiful day when I get to dive behind one of my favorite topics in the world, which is music, which we're here to do today. And I cannot wait to dive right on into it. And of course, I alluded to it there in that little brief intro as the story begins for our young hero, Mike Whiteside, our protagonist, when he finds himself at a Kenny Chesney concert and then the power of music. The power of music takes him from there. Please take us behind that evening. Yeah, uh, funny story. So obviously I was at a Kenny Chesney concert back in 2018. It was with uh, an ex-girlfriend and her family. And you know, I just remember at some point in the night, you know, they turned to me and they were like, you know, you could be doing this. This could be you up on stage. And like, don't get me wrong here. All they had heard me do before that was like sing around the campfire, sing at the dinner table. And they were very musical. Nobody had like pursued it per se in their family, but they were always like every time there was a chance, basically every weekend, there was a guitar out and they were asking me to sing or they were singing something along those lines. So the one, I guess, thing I'll take out of that was it was kind of just a moment in time at that concert where they looked at me and they were just like, you know what, like you could be doing this, like this could be you. And they really meant it. And I think that everybody kind of has that moment in time where it's almost like, you know, when somebody's telling the truth and it, it sticks with you and that's what stuck with me. So it just really gave me that push to turn, you know, this into something more than just a a hobby basically. And funny story, actually, I remember I caught a hat at that concert. We were down in the pit there. It used to be called the Molson Amphitheater for anybody that's around Toronto. Now it's called Budweiser stage. And he has a rum company, blue, I think it's called blue chain. Blue Chair Bay Rum, whatever it is. Anyway, I caught a hat, and now I always say that one day I'm going to share the stage with him, and I'll, I'll wear that hat. And the first time I ever saw my song play on radio was actually right after his. So there's just so many full circle moments with that. I find it hilarious. He's somebody that I listened to growing up and when I first got into country music, and I'll throw it out into the universe. One day when I'm up on stage with him, I'll wear that hat. I need a, I need a new one, though. It might be a little worn. Need it. A- it's seen a few shows already, right? <laughs> it might stink a little bit. That's <laughs> what the washing machine's for if all else fails, but I'm sure if you're opening up for them, hopefully part of the package can be another hat. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to get paid. Just give me a hat and let me play. <laughs> <laughs> for that experience, no doubt, right? My goodness, that's incredible. So... Obviously, if you're playing around the campfire beforehand, you probably have a little bit of uh, experience with guitar and otherwise, but were you really like writing your own material before this period? Not at all. I hadn't even considered it. Like if, if you were to say to me like four years ago from this point, like, would you be doing these things? Would you be writing your own music, stuff like that? I probably would have looked at you and been like, 
now what are you talking about? Like I was in financial planning at the time. Like it was like complete opposite world showing up in a suit. Like I just can't believe it. No, I wasn't writing my own music at all. It wasn't even a thought at that point. No whiskey hats in that business, apparently, unfortunately. (laughs) No. Oh, my goodness. So, of course, when you have a little bit of guitar experience, you have no true songwriting experience. And then, of course, your first single releases in July of 2020. So I need to know, how exactly do you go about with dipping your toe into the water, with uh, diving feet first into the music industry, whichever one it happened to be here? Yeah, so it's funny. I remember I was on Instagram and I was looking around for a producer at the time and I remember so I followed Robin Ottolini and she followed me and I just had seen who she was working with and I reached out to her I'm like hey I'm looking for a new producer like who do you work with are they good what do you think of them so on and so forth and she was just like yeah like I work with Mark Schroer and Eric Fintelman who are her producers and managers and I started chatting with them back in 2019 and I really liked both of them and I was just like okay I want to work with these guys and so through that, they had pitched me a bunch of Robin songs that she'd either written by herself or with other co-writers and stuff like that. And 3M I had come across and it was one of the ones where I looked at it and obviously going through a breakup earlier in the year had been like, you know what, I really relate to this. And I think other people would too. So I decided to cut that song and and that's kind of how it all started coming together a little bit is when I think the ball started rolling a little bit. <laughs> awesome. That was actually one of uh, my questions was how did 3AM end up inside of your hands? So is that connection of needing a producer and just sort of them already working with the artist who led you to them? Exactly. It was funny. That first start with Robin has, she was basically the first person I ever co-wrote with. So I co-wrote a couple times with her and I'd seen the same sort of thing. I'd seen she was writing with other people and she was writing with this girl, Lydia Sutherland, who now is one of my best friends and is basically on every song that I have coming up. She's one of the writers just because through that period with Robin and then I met Lydia and then I met a bunch of other people and have written with people all over the world basically now, whether it be Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, Nashville, Australia. I mean, you name it. Wow, from from not writing a single song for the majority of your life to three years later, you're Zoom calling with people all over the world. Yeah, I think it's always been up there. Like I, I've always been a writer in terms of just jotting down little things. And so I think it was always in there. I just needed to kind of unleash it a bit and still unleashing it, right? You're still figuring out, getting better every single day, you know, who you are as a writer and as a person and going through your experiences. And so... Mm, yeah absolutely hey one day at a time it's like they say if you grow by one percent a day it it amplifies right it builds on each other totally hey absolutely and of course you mentioned a uh, songwriter there who happens to be a uh, past guest of the show and who helped you with your more recent single here and i'd love to dive into that connection soon too but before we get to that specifically i'd love to know what was it like that uh first time inside of the studio and then also releasing that first song out into the world uh it was it was fun i mean they're really easy to work with both mark and eric they're just really cool people and so once i got into the studio it was it honestly, it didn't really feel like I was in there working, even though I was. It was just kind of like a bunch of guys hanging out and putting together a really cool song. <laughs> it 
it was it, so it was yeah the experience in itself working with them and you know going through my first song with them they made it really really simple awesome glad to uh hear that they made it uh an easy experience didn't scare you away from getting back in there no they didn't <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And of course, like I mentioned, what was it like to finally release that first single out into the world? Uh, I don't even know if I knew what I was doing. Like, <laughs> in all honesty, I think we don't know what we don't know. And it was just kind of one of those things where I put it out there and then I was like, okay, now it's time to get to work. And so funny enough, it was, I basically, when I say attract it to radio, I did it the complete wrong way, but I just started developing relationships. So I didn't even know you had to go through Angry with like through DMDS. I didn't know all these things, but I just started reaching out to people. I started sending off emails, introducing myself, sending off press kits, stuff like that. And I just put in the legwork that way. And it paid off, but I learned a ton along the way. So it was one of those things where I was just kind of like, okay, I want to get a song out. And now that it's out, I'm just going to try and get it into as many years as I can possibly get it into. And so I don't really know if, how I felt. I think I was just kind of like, okay, let's get a song out there and like, let's see what happens and kind of build from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, sometimes you just have to uh, get to, in order to learn, you have to do, right? Exactly. Hey, so you get the experience from that moment and then we move forward. You get into some songwriting circles. You start getting back inside of the studio and then... A little over a year and a half later, you released that sophomore single that we have alluded to here so far, that brand new song, My Kind of Paradise. It is a fantastic jam. One of those uh, classic songs about finding that special somebody and taking that uh, special time with them. Am I, am I right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the kind of words there, though. <laughs> hey, no worries. No worries. And of course, you alluded to writing this song with one incredible Lydia Sutherland, who I know is a song writing machine herself. But who else helped you to bring this song to life? This uh, first track that you had a hand in. Yeah, so it was Lydia, of course. And then it was also Aaron Pollock, who's from Calgary, and then Rich Cloak, who's from just in the Toronto area, like myself. We had started writing quite frequently together, the four of us. And when every time we got into a session, we always seemed to come up with something pretty good. In this session in particular, I know we all just kind of came into the uh, into the right and we had got chatting about like previous relationships and how at the time we were all in very similar situations in our current relationships and had felt in the past, you know, we always felt like we had to go above and beyond to make every single moment special. And you know, sometimes maybe that wasn't even enough. And maybe with the right person, you know, a cheap, as I say in the song, like a cheap box of wine, your favorite TV show, lounging on the couch on a Sunday morning. Well, that's my kind of paradise. And I always joke, but if there's pizza involved in there too, then it's just, that's absolutely my kind of paradise. Like almost like the... <laughs> Call it the icing on top of the cake or cherry on top, right? <laughs> hey, it's nice to get all dressed up and dolled out and go out on the town for a night or two, but sometimes the morning after you got to get into those nice relaxing pajamas, maybe some sweats and just get nice and cozy, right? Yeah, you know what? I think with uh, your dream girl or dream guy, 
every moment can be special. And I think that was the biggest thing was that the song is about love and finding that special someone, but it's also about finding someone who's true to you and just you can be yourself around them, I think is really at the core of what we were trying to get at with this song. Mm-hmm. I love uh, the core of the song and also just the just the sounds of it, like I mentioned there, where you get that uh, nice chorus rocking there with Sunday morning, you yeah. wearing my T-shirt. <laughs> it's like literally it gets just stuck in your head and you're like, oh, dang it. <laughs> Very good job for uh, the first song released with uh, your pen involved in it, I must say. Thank you. Hey, awesome. And of course, once again, it's I asked what was it like to release the first single. So what was it like to release the first track with your pen on it? I think that I've learned a lot since then. I know it, it has been a while in between, but I think it really was a blessing in disguise. It allowed me to write and to find my crew and to learn a ton about the industry and you know, do a lot of things behind the scenes that I think if I would have just continued releasing music and not really putting the time to develop as an artist and as a songwriter and as a business, then I just don't think going into this release and releases in the future, it would have done any good for me. So I'm grateful for that time that I took to really start developing and figuring out what it takes in order to put out the best possible product. And so for me, being able to write, it's now telling my story. Whereas before, if I was you know, singing somebody else's song that they wrote themselves, yes, it is me telling that story, but it's maybe not so much my actual story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can connect with it just like a list, any listener connects with the song and takes their own thing from it. But maybe because it's not your true words, it doesn't feel the same singing them. Totally. Mm, all right. All Get a right. bit more emotion into it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's when you felt that exact thing, you know? It's I, I know where this is coming from. Come on, belt it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. And of course, with this track, it gives us a taste of an upcoming project, an upcoming EP. So without giving away a too much of everything here what can you tell us about this upcoming debut ep yeah so i mean between now and the end of the year i'd like to have another single out in june and then ep out by the end of the year it may or may not fall in line maybe to some of the more recent stuff a little bit more on the lovey side but uh you're just gonna have to wait to find out (laughs) i guess time will tell and i guess the best way to uh stay up to date with that is to go ahead and follow one Mike Whiteside on your favorite music streaming platform, on your favorite social media as well, correct? You got that right. Oh, absolutely. And I will throw some links down in the description to the show here so that the fans, so that the listeners can go ahead and do exactly that. Get a little bit more Mike White side in their life, maybe find a little bit of their own kind of paradise. Uh, yeah, and of course, one thing that last year also gave you the opportunity uh, to do, because I'm sure live has been something that maybe in building and crafting, maybe you haven't had the true opportunities to get in front of that live crowd, but last year you had the opportunity to be a part of the Boots and Hearts 
sort of festival, uh, artist showcase that goes on. So what was that experience like for you? Man, it was amazing. That's the way I'll put it. To let you in on maybe a little secret, if you don't know, that was actually my first live show. So (laughs) I always say I kind of went from zero to 100 pretty quick. Leading up to it, I was obviously a little bit nervous. But once I was on stage, the nerves completely melted away. I had done some acting and stuff like that in the past, and I kind of found it very similar. Whereas once it was go time, it was time to put on a show and get out there and do what I had to do. So I prepared for it, and I knew what I had to do once I got up there, and I loved every second of it. I have the itch now when I want to play every festival that will let me up on stage Uh, (laughs) heading into 2022 here. I mean, it would be a dream to headline that festival one day. That would be the goal. But that experience and playing in the showcase, just meeting a ton of um, other super, super talented artists, people in the industry, session players, stuff like that. The whole experience in itself, I got out of it what I wanted to and more. And I'm just excited to and grateful that I was able to you know, get that opportunity because not everybody does. And so just uh, super, super grateful, I guess is the best way to put it. Absolutely. Definitely want to make the uh, most of that opportunity. And of course, then that would have been your first time playing My Kind of Paradise live for the fans as well, too. So what was uh, the live feedback like, too, for this song? Well, that was kind of one of the reasons why I ended up recording this one first was a lot of people came up to me after and they're just like, I love that song. The chorus was like all this super hooky, right? And once you get into it, it it can be a little bit of a uh, earworm. So yeah, they really gave me that validation. That was the song I wanted to put out there. And so, yeah, it, it turned out pretty good. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully you can return to the live stage ASAP. Share a few more of these stories with the fans, with the listeners, so that they can get that live feedback, let you know how they feel. And I have had a blast diving behind this musical journey this past few years here. Mike, I have one last question for you. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. So, of course, as I just said, we've talked about your growth inside of this music industry, releasing your first two singles out into the world, growing as a singer, as a song, a writer growing inside of this music industry. So what I would love to know now is how has this time, how has this past couple of years helped you to grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? Yeah, I think that that's an amazing question. I think it's really shown me that you can just really do whatever you set your mind to. Four years ago, did I think I would have a song out that I wrote? Not a chance. Um, Did I think I would have played Boots and Hearts Showcase? Never even crossed my mind. But what this last couple of years has shown me is that if you want something, it's up to you to make it happen. And situations are going to be uncomfortable. It's not easy. But if you set your mind to it, I think you really can accomplish anything that you do want to. So that's what it's shown me is that maybe in the past, in 
different situations, I was maybe a little timid or I didn't go for it. I should have done this. I should have done that. And now I think, especially with the music, I'm just going for it and I'm not asking permission and thinking I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm just doing it and kind of figuring it out as I go. Nice. Like we mentioned earlier, sometimes you just have to do in order to learn, right? You got it. Hey, perfect. And I have had a wonderful time taking the time to dive behind your musical journey as well as this new single, My Kind of Paradise, here today with you, Mike, on the Desert Tiger Podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Colton. I really appreciate you having me on. And boy, you can go ahead and find Mike Whiteside's sophomore single, My Kind of Paradise. Right now, over on your favorite music streaming service, you can also go ahead and find his debut single, 3AM, while you're there too. And the other thing that you can do is hit that follow button, and you can also follow him on your favorite social media so that you can stay up to date with upcoming music from this singer, song, writer. It's time to thank Mike Whiteside one last time for joining us here on today's episode of the DTP. And Mike actually reached out to me to uh, set up this interview. He made an artist pitch, and you can do so yourself. It might take me a little bit of time to get to it, but you can actually email the Desert Tiger podcast at desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com, or you can also message us on social media, and I will do my best to get to it ASAP. And we also need to thank German from over at ypeditor.com for making this episode sound so good. We need to thank you, The Ambush, for tuning on in today. If you've yet to join up with The Ambush, you already know. Well, I guess if you haven't joined up with The Ambush, maybe you don't know. But the best way to do that, the main way to do that, really the only way to do that, is to subscribe to the podcast. You can also help the show by sharing today's episode, giving us a five-star review, and by heading on over to our web store, www.deserttiger.shop, to copy yourself something and to represent the show. All right, and Bush, it's about time we say our final bye-bye, but not before telling you Go out, find your roar, and let it out into the world. And until next time, bye-bye. The Desert Tiger Podcast.